Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show podcast right here at Studio 22, Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad and thank me later, I promise you. I have in studio today uh, Jacob Schick. Jacob is the what – you, you, how many founder, owner, CEO? How many – what are all the titles of 22 kills? Just a dude. Just a dude. Being a dude trying to play another dude. <laughs> Everybody out there has, they've got to have heard of 22 Kill. We're going to get into that. If you haven't, you're going to know all about it today. I got uh, the Puppet Master Mark. He's sitting over there by himself, lonely. Hey, everybody. Yeah. And uh, hot news, Natalie. I think the news is Jacob Schick. I think it is. I've been so excited about this. Me too. Like, he's royalty Mm -hmm. to me. I think that is the news that might move to the top. Yeah. Noted. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm smitten. I'm just I'm excited about it. Well, just wait till we have this conversation. Then you're really going to be head over I know. Everybody strap in. I'm going to start stalking. <laughs> Everybody strap in. I'm talking about the three-part <laughs> over-the-shoulder, round the waist, between your crotch, lock it in. Party foul, Steve. Hey. Good to see you, buddy. Nice Glad to have another Marine on board with us. Rock, kill. This is a real Marine, Marine Steve. This is. Hey, shut up. I was there. <laughs> I showed up. This is a real Marine. This guy worked on more than transmissions, okay? I didn't even do that. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many pages of lessons did you get, Steve? Uh, none. Got Zero. you beat there, bud. Well, I did get one, but they pulled it out. It was replaced. That's a long story, but. Yeah. I got 16. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Damn grunts. You're welcome, bud. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting there, and uh, we were sitting there, and. Uh, I was I was talking to John Tiggin and, and all those guys and we were all in Vegas together and giving Matt Lida with nine line apparel a hard time and all that and so Matt turns around and he goes so how much time did you spend in service to your country Chad? I was like well damn you only gave two years Matt and it was light so whatever no I love it it's a fun time I I love it it's good stuff Jacob Schick founder twenty two kill I I wanted to get you on the podcast about a year ago and we just never could coordinate it just stuff going on and no yeah but you could have said five years ago i would have believed you yeah i know yeah. it was it was uh because i remember we were trying to we were trying to i was trying to coordinate that and just never could get it done and it's a shame because you're in dallas and we were based out of fort worth at the time now we're in dallas so anyway thanks for coming on i um i gotta agree with natalie I, i've been looking forward to this and uh i'm thankful for you i'm thankful to you and i'm, I'm proud of you for for and i don't mean that in a condescending way i'm just proud to know you and proud of what you've done and uh, in so many different ways, not only sacrifice, but what you're doing to continually give back to the community. How did you, how did the concept of 22 Kill come about and why the name? Yeah, so it started with a group of guys here in North Texas and um, primarily Marines. We tend to stick together and uh, it may or may not be while we're undefeated, but um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a relevant point. I'll just throw it out there. Um but we, you know, we thought about when the first study from the VA came out in 2012 stating that 22 veterans died by suicide on average every day. You know, we thought about, okay, well, what can we do to change that? And so what can we do to bring awareness to this epidemic that's in our community? And um, so we thought about it, and we're like, okay, you know what? I mean, what's the quintessential military workouts, push-ups? We'll just start the push-up challenge. We'll do 22 push-ups a day. 22 days and call it the push-up challenge and so that was to harness the awareness the education because obviously you can't 
you, you cannot have any change without education. I mean, you have to have both. And so we did the uh, push-up challenge, which went viral in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. So overnight success is awesome. And um, it it only went viral after The Rock did it. I mean, screw the tens of thousands of men and women who serve, the spouses, the, the widows, the children, first responders, LEOs that did them. But The Rock did it. And next thing you know, it's viral. So. Yeah. I call that the uh, Jerry Springer Kardashian effect in this country. <laughs> but, however, we are thankful. It was never meant to be a fundraiser, simply awareness. But that's where, that's really where it all started. And the name Twenty Two Kill, because obviously the number twenty two, uh, just like in here in Studio Twenty Two, mm-hmm. and uh, Kill because it's unfortunate suicide's an act and something that's affected not only me greatly but a lot of uh, a lot of people I know. I've buried 29 of my friends that died by suicide, and I don't mean acquaintances. I mean very close friends. And it's not something that gets any easier, but it, the kill is to get your point. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's it's to get to the point. I mean, it's you know, we sit here, we can talk about, we can talk about, you know, rape and cancer and AIDS and all this other stuff because it fits in a categorical box, and you can explain it. Right, and so it doesn't make us uncomfortable to talk about it. We can start talking about things about like depression and anxiety and hypervigilance and suicidal ideation and matters of the mind and the brain. You don't want to talk about that stuff because we don't have a full understanding of the brain, and, and we're conditioned as a society not to talk about the shit we don't fully understand because mm-hmm. it makes us uncomfortable. And uh, we just don't get down like that. I'm like, hey, let's come get in this room and let's get real uncomfortable real quick. And so that's why the name's Twenty Two Kill. Uh, I've I've had to fight the board on it every quarter uh, for a long time, and they're yeah. just pushing back on. I mean, it, yeah, because they say you know, you know Jake, we we can't really get into the corporate environment with that name. I mean, some corporations you can't even Google the word "kill;" it won't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I've left. You know, I've been pretty adamant about the name Twenty Two Kill" for a long time, not changing. I mean, the tribe loves the names. The reason we say "One Tribe, One Fight" is our tagline. Um, basically straight up out of spite, just to prove a point that we can make this change and we can do this hard work and and we can empower these men and women and their families with a name like 22 kill, because at the end of the day, it's a name, it's a name Mm -hmm. like, you know, Nike wouldn't change their name to like poor kids in a sweatshop or like (laughs) we have what we have for a reason. It's a name for a reason. And I've been in more than one corporate boardroom pretty much wearing what I'm wearing now. And the guys tell me, like, hey, Jake, we'd really like to help you, but, you know, the name just the name's too strong. It's crazy. And I tell them, you know, okay, good. Well, let me tell you this. If you can't get past the name, talk about the root cause of an issue, congratulations, you're part of the problem. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if we're not going to talk about the hard shit, shut your mouth. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. doesn't mean I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Well, suicide's a real thing, and it's a real hard thing. It's an ugly thing. You know, depression is a real thing. It's a hard thing. PTS is a real thing. It's mm-hmm. hard. You know, there, there's multiple reasons why we dubbed this studio Studio 22. That's one of them because we want to be able to constantly, conversationally be able to bring up in, you know, bring up that reality yeah. of why it's there. Um, and, you know, I have a friend of mine. He became a good friend of mine because uh, I'm like you. I've got some friends who have committed suicide, uh, veterans who have committed suicide, and then I had one guy. It, this big thing happened to me a couple of years ago. This guy was a Marine. He was in Fallujah, saw some real shit, and he, he comes home. He's got it severe, and he 
takes a nine millimeter, puts it in his mouth, pulls the trigger one day while his wife's off at work, and the, and the gun goes click, and he's shaking with adrenaline, and all of a sudden he's just like, oh, you know, I I'm supposed to be dead, and it's just he doesn't know what to do. He's kind of got himself in shock. Opens up his phone. And there's this guy in a cowboy hat sitting in the front seat of his truck making a video talking about your self-worth. And, you know, no matter what yeah. you've been through, you got self-worth and things. And it was one of my videos. And so I met him through an event that we did down in Houston a couple of years ago. And he actually sent me the message, told me the story. And that 9 millimeter bullet has got a dimple in the back of it where the firing pin hit the thing. It's, it's on my desk at home. And so it was one of those deals where it's like, man, I want to get this. I want to tell this guy's story so many times we've got because he was fortunate enough got a new lease on life and, and recognized what was valuable and to think that 22 see see i have people all the time who are going you know kind of like after 9 11 it became a popular thing to be a soldier a popular thing to be a marine probably now you kind of through all these apparel companies and coffee companies and all these different things now people almost kind of glorify it in a way and say wow you know it's kind of a cool thing to do with all these organizations half a million six hundred thousand nonprofit organizations in america out there you know supporting vets and pay but it's like you don't see the dark underbelly of the thing that's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And you're bringing light to that. Yeah, no, I haven't uh, started a T-shirt company or coffee company or any of that <laughs> other shit because I don't have time for it. You know, we're trying to save souls. So, I mean, there's that. It's kind of, you know, it's it's painstaking work. Yeah. Uh, but look, I mean, to each his own. Whatever the... At the end of the day, yeah, I mean, we, we sell apparel. That helps pay for the overhead. Mm-hmm. But it... Look, at, I just want to do stuff that matters. I mean, by the time I wake up in the morning, I suck just as much as everyone else because we're all fundamentally flawed. We're all human. And by the time my head hits the pillow, what I did from the time I woke up to the time my head hits the pillow is what determines whether I'm going to be separated from the herd or not because I've never been a herd animal, mm-hmm. you know. And it's I just refuse to wake up and go out of my way to be average. I just It's just not my thing. Yeah, you know, because I, I've got a new lease on life. I've I've had my fair share of shit, and uh, you know, I mean, being severely wounded in Iraq in '04, and um, you know, I love that place so much. I have a couple summer homes now, along Euphrates, and um, well, I mean, it was a Garden of Eden somewhere over there. So. Yeah, there's some shit like that. Yeah, and uh, but you know, it, at the end of the day, man, it's just. Everyone's trying to do something, and, and our thing is is that we're just trying to fight for the greater good. You know, we're trying to show up every day uh, to, and be present, be present with compassion, absent of comparison. You know, that's what we're focused on every day that we show up because you never know what case is going to walk through the door. You never know who you're going to get on the phone with. You never know who you're going to talk to. Some guys are closer to the edge than others, and you never know. I mean, yeah. the 29 that I know, there was no warning flare. There was no, hey, love you, man. Uh you know, good luck or, you know, go be great. They just ended up dead. Yeah. You know? And the reason it's so close to home is because, look, I've struggled with it. I've struggled with it myself. I sat here and told you I never thought about taking my own life. I'd be lying to your face. And, um, look, we all go through we all go through hard stuff. You know, at the end of the day, it's the comparing and contrasting that takes away from what makes you who you are. Like when people tell me, like, oh, Jake, can't imagine what you've been through. You know, over 50 operations and over 20 blood transfusions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, look, let's just let your shit be your shit and my shit be my shit. Mm-hmm. And don't compare and contrast it because what you're doing is you're taking away from what's made you who you are. You're belittling yourself subconsciously without even knowing you're belittling yourself. That's a good point. And so my thing is, is just wake up and do you. Everyone else is taken. Yeah. It's hard for people. 
You know, I heard uh, I heard somebody say recently. They said, you know, what we tend to do is we have this uh, personal flawed image of ourselves, and what we do is we take our personal flawed self and we compare it to people's outward social facade mm-hmm. and what we think that they're all about. And we're like, well, my life doesn't match up to that person. I must be. I must really have problems. Not realizing or even thinking about the fact that that person screwed up too. And they deal with their own inner demons and problems and depression. That's why a few years ago, I wanted to eradicate the stigma of depression in the lives of men. It's stupid that we've made it a taboo thing. Like, you know, especially in the Western world, the cowboy world, it's, it's a, you just don't talk about depression. You know, it's, a, it's like an admission of weakness. Well, I mean, you know, Alex Trebek comes out recently and says, I got stage four pancreatic cancer. Well, there was no shame in him coming out and saying, I got cancer. No. Or, you know, I got, you know, it, there's no shame in that deal. Why is it that when you got a brain illness... That's going on, whether it has been caused circumstantially or chemically or whatever it's been, what you've been through or what's happening in you without any reason whatsoever. Because some of the most depressed people, you look at Robin Williams. I mean, here's a guy who seemingly is on top of the world, successful, talented, got it all. People, he makes everybody happy, can't make himself happy, hangs himself in the bathroom. And you never know with a deal like that. Mm -hmm. And you couple that with folks who have gone through things like you said. I mean, that's not your real foot. That's the real foot you got now. But you had to go through some stuff to get to that point. And I mean, you got guys. Who I mean, are not back. really. I just, I just had a really <laughs> shitty day at work one Some time. Some stuff went through you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. I didn't have to work real hard at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't trying to get it. Yeah. Off. Kudos, talent man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Still I wanna, breathing. Jokes yeah. on y'all. Absolutely. I want to send you a shout out too. And one of the reasons why I think Trump is in office is because everybody's offended. Everybody's sensitive. Mm. Oh, we can't use kill. That's that. That would offend somebody. Thank you for speaking up because, you know, everybody thought he wasn't going to win because all the Dems were yelling so loud, you know, but the silent, you know, everybody agrees. The majority agrees with you, you know, but people out there who are willing to publish it are too afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I agree. I think in this country, I think we're starved for real and raw. Yeah, I think we we have so much political correctness and so much fluff. Yeah, that we that when you know every time I get on a stage to speak, I'm 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 brutally honest and I'm very direct, and um, it's amazing to see like you can see people's souls be fed. I mean, from the time you begin, whether I'm commissioned for an hour or thirty minutes, whatever it is, like you can see the change when when you're real and raw and authentic, mm-hmm. and that's why it's like God, just can we just stop with all the crap? I yeah. mean, seriously, stop. I mean the and listen, in D.C., I don't left, right, middle, doesn't matter. It is so embarrassing it to is. me. It's so embarrassing to me that we, we are where we are. And we're as divided as we are as a country. And you know what? I joined up after uh, before 9-11, rather. I was already signed up. And I'm a third-generation combat Marine. Proud of that fact. And, you know, it, after 9-11, you saw it, there, it was cool to be patriotic. Mm-hmm. It was a fad, and explain to me how in the hell it takes a national disaster like that, a tragedy like that, for us to just be patriotic to love this country. You know, like walking in the front door here. You know, there, there's the two, the, the old glory. There's two of them on the rug, and like I can't even step on it. Mm-hmm. Like I step around it because it's that it means something. It's way more than just colors and stripes and stars. That 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 all has meaning that goes way deeper than any of us can think because we're all caught up in the surface level shit that has no meaning. Yeah. Well, I've always said that I think political correctness has become a demon that's terrorizing everybody and people are scared of it, you know, and yeah. they're, they're scared of the real. 
So I know I go to events and stuff, and, and I always I have this whatever I, I some people call it a character flaw. I, I love it, it and, I, and when I get to know somebody, I try to see how far I can push them, just see where their edge is. Mm-hmm. Not to be mean, I just want to know where I can go with you. And it's so easy that like I spoke at an event the other night, and I could tell I was just reading the people, and I'm just being honest with them, and I'm just telling them the truth. And I could tell they were so uncomfortable as a group because it wasn't that they couldn't handle it as individuals; they were scared of how the people around them. They were they were thinking it was groupthink going on, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to have a field day with you people, dude. I love it. Yeah, I love it every time. Isn't it great? It's fun. <laughs> it's, it, it is the ultimate power trip. Like I'm going to really make your butthole pucker. It's really fun. Yeah, I, but I tell them at the very beginning every time every speech, I'm like, "Hey, listen, you know this is going to get bumpy, and strap in, be prepared. And yeah. if you get offended by something I say, it's most likely a you thing, not a me thing." <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, because I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. You know, I, I know what's going to come out of my mouth. I'm not suffering. You know, I, I know what I'm going to say. I haven't offended myself. So yeah, no, I mean, it's look, you. I, yeah, I mean, I I own my. Look, at the end of the day, I'm uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to know that that God gave His only Son to suffer down a cross because He knew there was going to be assholes like me on this spend ball of shit. <laughs> the difference is, is, I can own it. You know, yeah. I can own it, and I'm expected to be flawed. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm. Unapologetically, yeah. Made. Grace extends to the chief of assholes. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a living example of that too. Uh, yeah, thank God for that. I, so obviously, the 22 kill. I love the name. I've always loved it. I think it. I think it's there. It's raw. It's in your face. You're dealing with an action that's happening. People are making a conscious decision to end their lives, tragically. So 22 a day. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, you almost you look at that and you're like, is that number even accurate? Is it real? Are that many people? Yeah, so we hear that a lot, man. I get that a lot. I know the tribe gets it a lot about the number. Like, well, yeah. you know, it's not really, it's it's really 20.6 or whatever the hell the government came up with because we all know they're really good with numbers. Yeah. Uh, look, here's my, here's what I say to that. At the end of the day, I don't care what the number is. Here's why one is too many. Yeah. Uh, and the example I use is think about someone that you love without boundaries that they could kill a litter of puppies and you'd still love them the same way. Because everybody's got one person that they love like that. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So think about that one person. Okay, now put a monetary value on that person. Because if you can do that, you suck more than everyone else. Yeah. That's the point, is that every one of those 1, 15, 20, 25, 30, whatever, somebody loved them that way. Yeah. Stop being focused on the surface level stuff. Stop being focused on the stuff that society's conditioned you to be focused on. And that's why the, the numbers are relevant. Yeah. It's the numbers are relevant. It's in the work. It's a name. We're a brand now. That's it. It's a brand. Yeah. It's a brand. Nothing more, nothing less. Buy a t shirt. Well, if you're hanging over a cliff with certain death waiting below you and you're holding on to a chain with, let's say, 22 links in it, and one link breaks, the chain is worthless, and, and it falls apart. You fall apart. You, it's tragic for you. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. If it's even one, the chain's broken, and that's the deal. And that's why I appreciate what you've done is it's not about a statistic. People aren't statistics. People aren't just another number. Right. Now, it's just a way to demonstrate how real the problem is. And even all the way down to the significance of the ring you got there on your right hand, you know, is you wear that ring, that 22-kill ring, on your trigger yep. finger on the right hand, and it brings awareness. What's the next step beyond awareness, both with with helping the people who need the help and then getting the people that need to get involved involved? Yeah, so 
Great point. You know, in 2016, when the the push up challenge went viral, we we uh, we garnered a lot of support really quickly, and it was it was hard because basically we were a catch all for a bunch of people and families that were coming to us saying, "Okay, well, you know, it's my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, et cetera, et cetera. Where do we go? What do we do?" And at the time, we were partnered with over 30 organizations, and basically, we would just funnel them to where they needed to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we quickly realized, okay, look, we, we have to have some type of effective follow-through, some type of effective treatment, because that's what it is. And I used to think that word was dirty. It's treat. You can't tell a warrior he or she is going to get treatment. You know, right. bullshit. It's a word, and that's what it is. Deal with it. Deal with it. And so we, we've gone from being an awareness organization to a, a treatment organization. We do that through several different programs that we offer, which are both traditional and non-traditional treatments and trainings and therapies and uh we we've found a lot of success with it and the thing is you have to engage and unfortunately for us like we can't we can't contact someone if we get a call from a spouse or a, a parent that says hey look my son or daughter uh you know joe or judy's in trouble and it's like okay well they have to contact us yeah. We can't contact them because the government has made that illegal because obviously what we do is not hard enough. So, you know, kudos to the government for putting their hands in it. Uh, you know, there's a reason that all these nonprofits exist because at the end of the day, the VA can't, they, they, they just, they don't, they're not set up to do what we do. Right. They can't deal with the numbers, but we have to do the treatment. We have to get engaged. That's why, now listen, our tagline, one tribe, one fight, just so everybody's very clear, that means. It doesn't mean the warrior community working de- together in order to better the warrior community. One tribe, one fight means mankind, all of mankind leaning in, loving hard, and relying on one another to live well. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Because that's how we honor the men and women that aren't with us anymore is by living well. There is no other way. Yeah, You have to live well. And it doesn't matter if you serve. People say, oh, Jake, I can't bring myself to wear the ring. I never served. I'm like, look, none of us give a shit. Either you're part of the tribe or you're not. Yeah. Like either you're going to support something bigger than yourself or you're not. And at the end of the day, we it, it takes everybody. It takes a tribe. And that's why, you know, we, uh, we've we been able to do something that I think a lot of people probably didn't think we were going to be able to do, especially with the name like 22 Kill because it's so – and the gas mask and the logo have been told is offensive by an Army guy. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Um, but, it you know, for us it's – We've been able to see this success, and we've been able to do this, but it started with grassroots effort. It started with the individual donor, the individual person, and that's how we've been able to grow to where we are, and and we've never really lost sight of the vision, though. We've never lost sight of why we're there. We're there to serve human beings, and the the human beings that we serve just happen to wear a uniform at some point or another, because make no mistake, we deal in human issues. Yeah. Human issues. Doesn't matter if you wore a uniform or not. Somebody and 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 to the point that you made a second ago, you said, "Look, we can't contact you." And you're right; you've got guys that guys and girls who who are committing suicide, and there's no there's no tell, there's no there's no signs there. A lot of times, you don't know, and they don't want to admit it. They don't want to talk about what they're dealing with. And all I can say is, and I, I know how many messages I get with people who are dealing with that. They reach out to me, and it and you know I try to put them in the right channels to get the right voice in their life. People who are contemplating suicide. I've had people who have tried suicide. I've had people who have killed themselves and, and, and succeeded at it. And, you know, they, 
I encourage people, you got to get the right help. And I've always said, talk to your doctor, you talk to your therapist, you talk to your God, you talk to, you talk to the people who have been there, you talk, you get, but get, damn it, get the help. Just talk. Talk. It's You've okay. got to talk to somebody. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. That, yeah. At the end of the day, we have to stop with like, like when guys, guys like I, I used to be coming to the office and they're like, I'm not talking to the therapist. I'm not, you know, they don't know what I've been through and seen and done. I'm like, hey, bud, just so you know, you're a dime a dozen. Like yeah. there's nothing you can tell me that I haven't seen, heard, or done myself. Nothing you can tell me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, there's nothing special about your pain and suffering. Nothing. Yeah. That goes for everybody. Yeah. Everyone can relate to mental suffering. Everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the common denominator of every bipod on the spinning ball of chaos. They all have a brain floating in between their ears. Now, whether they use it or not, that was open for debate. But look, at the end of the day, that's the common denominator. You know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Yeah. You're going to get hit with something. You're going to go through hard stuff. It is going to happen. Yeah. None of us wake up on a unicorn ranch, pick which unicorn to ride on which rainbow back to the the office (laughs) and back. It just doesn't exist. We're going to go through hard things. We're going to experience turmoil and tragedy. But without those things, you don't have triumph. Tragedy and triumph for kissing cousins. They go everywhere together. My buddy, uh, Jeff Kyle, uh, brother of the late Chris Kyle, Jeff told me, he said, look, um, he said, take the D off of PTSD. He said, I don't believe in that. He said, post-traumatic stress is one thing. He said, but it's not a disorder. It's, it's, it's something that happens. It's, it, it, you go through certain things. You've experienced those things. It doesn't make you a disorder. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a natural effect of some of the things that people go through. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree, and I, I've known Jeff for a long time. I, he's a very close friend of mine, and um, I, I would just like to say I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of him for starting a, a public figure page. Mm-hmm. Um, that must have taken a lot of guts. Yeah, especially for a guy like Jeff. You yeah, know. Jeff, public figure, bud. <laughs> anyway, um, just had to throw that out there. Yeah, but no, listen. We've had this this debate's been going on a long time with the D, PTS, PTSD. I, I'm here to tell you where I've come to with it is uh, I, I don't give a shit. You know, put the D, don't put the D. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the substance of absolute of what it actually is. Right. Stop getting caught up and lost in the crap. Yeah. That's I don't care. Put the D, don't put the D. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Name it ABC. Whatever. Yeah. Get the Let's help. address the issues. Yeah. Let's address it. Stop treating the symptoms. Yeah. Treat the root problem. If yeah. not, it's like I'll see you same mud hole 12 months from now because we're just going to be spinning in circles. Yeah. What kind of results have you guys seen over the last couple of years? You know what? It's been um, – I'm so proud, man. I'm so proud to work for the tribe that I work for, bro, because I get to show up every day and I get to be surrounded by people that are better than me, and by default, I'm better. You know, not a lot of people get that. Like, not a lot of people get to show up to work and get their soul fed. Mm-hmm. You know, and get challenged and get pushed to be better. And I get that. And that's, uh, you know, one thing I really, really admire, I would say the main thing more than anything with with the employees of 22 Kill is that these men and women love all the way, all the way, knowing, knowing that pain is inevitable, mm-hmm. knowing they're going to get hurt, and they do it anyway. And that's what courage is. That's why we've seen the results we've seen, because they do it all the way, knowing that some of the people that we serve and that we help with and that we that we walk through the storm with, because everything, you know, 
I've said it before, I'll say it again, that everything we've ever wanted is on the other, time, other side of our fear. We just have to weather the storm. Mm-hmm. But it's who's going to be on your left and your right when you weather that storm. Yeah. That's, you're going to need the people that are willing to pull you. Yeah. Get rid of the stigma. Get the help. Talk to the people you need to talk to. What's the most direct line of communication to find you guys? Uh, the most direct line is um, info at 22kill.com. We'll, uh, we'll get to you in, in less than 24 hours. We'll get an email response. And uh, I think we have uh, 12 or 13 counselors on staff now. And we're, we're counseling out of Dallas and Fort Worth. But we help men and women all over the country. And uh, we also are serving first responders, law enforcement officers now, yeah, and their families. Because at the end of the day, you know, guys like me will will go do seven seven month deployment. Uh, you know, our army go do fifteen, eighteen, some crazy, crazy long deployment. <clears throat> you know, these men and women that are over here on the red and blue side, it's every day, it's day in day out. They don't get any decompression time, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, we you know we're all cut from the same cloth and. That's something that I, you know, I just want to bridge the gap between not only us and the red side and the blue side, but, um, you know, the Vietnam veteran guys. Like, it's we're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Like, we let's come hang out. Come hang out with us. Like, give, give us a shot and come see. You know, I mean, my uncle, the second generation Marine, and my family is, um, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, he's never talked one word about it, and every year we do the annual Schick Boys fishing trip, but I know that we're getting closer and closer, and my thing is, is like, why wait? Get uncomfortable now. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. You're never going to grow. Yeah. So reach out, because you're not going to win this battle alone. That I can guarantee. I can only imagine the messages that come into you guys and, and the stuff you hear. And You ever feel like it, like, like, <sighs> do you ever get to the point where you feel like, I I'm trying to do everything I can, but I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I want day. to be doing more. Every day. What do you think it would take in order to feel like I'm doing some good? I mean, because I, I, I don't think that you can ever feel like you're doing enough in a situation like that. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I know that we can only do what we can do. You know, I know that we can only do show up and love all the way, be present with compassion, absent comparison. And love all the way, knowing we're going to get hurt, knowing that it's going to, at some point, we're going to have to go do another funeral. We're going to have to honor another man and woman and, and embrace their families and be there for the kids. And um, look, bro, it, it'll never be enough. Yeah. Just won't. Yeah. And that, and I'm, but I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that because I never, not only myself but the tribe i never want to want to reach the pinnacle like i never want to be look at them and be like hey we've made it those words will never come out of my mouth will not happen one thing i say all the time is is oh that's great event it's okay where can we grow where can we do better you Mm -hmm. know don't settle complacency kills sometimes literally sometimes figuratively but i just refuse to settle man i've been through too much I've, i've i've seen through too much too much tragedy to settle you know, yeah. I don't want to – look, am I doing good? I hope so. You know, history will be the judge. I'm just going to show up every day and do what I can do and, and be the best version that I can be. And some days I suck at it. Yeah. You know, I get complacent too. Yeah. And and knowingly, knowing I'm going to get complacent, I'm like, Jake, this is a complacent decision, and I do it anyway. <laughs> you know what? And that's because I'm human. Yeah. And that, and that happens. 
Yeah, well, in the For What It's Worth department, um, I know there's a lot of folks out there that appreciate the fact that you get up every day and do what you do. It means a lot. It matters. And, and you are making a difference. And, um, you know, both both the drive, the passion, the vision, and the humility in which you do it makes a big difference as well. And that's – it makes – I mean, people – I think I think when you come at it like that, I think people stand up and notice. And they say, you know, there's a reason why this guy does what he does and believes like he believes because this is real stuff. This is real life. This is real death. Yeah. And this is real tragedy. And uh, somebody who's – it's one thing to go through what you've been through personally, personal injuries. and it, it, But, but to, to be able to say – because you could sit back. You know, you can sit back and say, hey, look at me for the rest of my life. I, look what I did for my country and what I sacrificed. Stuff like that. But you didn't stop there. You took it one one step further. And I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you appreciating it. And, you know, you're worth it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is it's like human life has value. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you served, didn't serve, where you come from, if your family served, didn't serve. I don't care. Your life has value. Yeah. You have to believe you're worth it. It all begins and ends with the person you're looking at in the mirror. You yeah. know, if you don't truly love that person. <clears throat> oh, I love him a lot. <laughs> no, dude, I'm, yes, he does. I'm in love. I'm in love with the person looking at me in the mirror. And I, look, I'm okay yeah. to say it. I'm okay owning that. Yeah. Look, because here at the end of the day, how do I, how in the hell does anyone, when they come, some guys will tell me like, oh, Jake, I don't know why my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my husband, my wife, my whatever, mom, dad, won't love me the way that I love them. I'm like, hey, are you in love with yourself? Yeah. Then they'll look at me weird and like, no, really, are you in love with yourself? And more often than not, I'll say by the hesitation, you know, obviously the answer is no. And how in the hell do you expect anyone to love you the way you can't love yourself? Because that's the height of hypocrisy. So you said you said something a minute ago, and I've and I've heard you tell some stories about that, and I've read some articles there as well. When you say, hey, you're worth it, that means something because. You know, hey, you've been through the surgeries, you've been through the blood transfusions, all these different things. I mean, you, you got a prosthetic leg. You didn't do that just for you. You did it for people like me, schmoes like me. And you know what? I appreciate the fact that you that you look at that and say, hey, you're worth it. Because I didn't do it for a thing or a cause, although that's involved, but I, you, I did it for people. And you're still doing what you do for people, and that's a beautiful deal. I, I think that people... People don't have self-esteem. We talk about self-esteem. People don't have self-esteem issues. We esteem ourselves highly. The issue is people don't have self-worth. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You don't see yourself as a worthy cause, as a worthy being, as somebody that, that's created on purpose to, to accomplish something in life. And that's the issue. People have these self-worth issues. Yeah. And that's what I, I – that, that is one of the biggest messages I put out there. You're worth it. Doesn't matter what you've been through, you're still worth it. That twenty dollar yeah. bill doesn't matter if it was used to buy a hooker or blow or fund a terrorist attack or wadded up, crumpled on, stepped on, and yeah. flushed down the toilet. Still worth twenty dollars because a higher authority made it worth something. Yep. And that's and that, you know the federal government looks at that piece of paper is worth twenty dollars. I don't care. You sh- shove it up your ass. It's still worth twenty dollars. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. And I'm still gonna take it from you. Yeah. I don't care if it's been your ass, chick. Hey, no, I mean. <laughs> I don't know if we have time to get into that. I mean, I have stories. <laughs> I have well, stories. We'll make time, Betty. I have <laughs> stories. But look, you're right, man. And that's the thing is, um, you know, people have to be, you have to be willing to, here, here's what I truly believe happens. This is, And I'm speaking from experience, just so everyone knows that every time I talk, I'm talking to myself too. I need the concert monitors just like everybody else. Yeah. But I feel like people, what we do by default is we get very comfortable in our unhealthy bubble. And the thought of who we could be, if mm-hmm. we really push ourselves and really get outside of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. terrifies us. And so we allow fear 
to dictate our thought process and it keeps us from growing. Yeah. You know, because you get real, regardless of how unhealthy the situation is. And that's why I always, I always tell people, look, every day you wake up, you're either going to be a soul feeder or a soul bleeder. And you only get one shot. This thing called life, this isn't a dress rehearsal. So choose wisely because people will remember that. We have a lot of people that watch and listen to this podcast. And I'm telling folks out there, you know good and well, there's a person in your life somebody in your life, they, you need to share this with them because this is a message that matters. I mean, it really is, whether they're a veteran or, or just, just a person. I mean, you know, hey, people are dealing with things. But dude. And it applies. That's the thing, man, is look, like if you wore the uniform, great. Hey, thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Right? But it's pain is pain and suffering is suffering. Yeah. Like let's, let's not categorize it. Let's not measure it. There's no Richter skill. Yeah. You know, so just – my thing is, is it's good to smoke and joke. Trust me, like the, the tribes talked about, like God, could you imagine if we had cameras in the office every day? It's like, because we have to, you know, if if we don't, you know, act out and and mess with each other. I mean, the work we do is look. It is a morbid industry, and it's daunting, mm-hmm. and it's a dog eat dog. I'm telling you right now. And all three of the industries I work in, nonprofits, just the same. It is dog eat dog, and it, it's. It's unfortunate because some of the mindsets are, you know, hey, this is my pond. You guys stay in your pond. And I'm like, good. <laughs> you'll you'll never hear from me again. Yeah. Because we're not ignorant enough to think that we can make a dent in this thing alone. Yeah. We have to be partnered. with. That's why we support all the things we support is because it takes a tribe. It's the only way we're going to make a dent in this. Yeah. And I'm the first to say, as a country, collectively, we haven't even scratched the surface on this epidemic. We have 125, on average, 125 civilians that die by suicide every day. Not to mention that the last three years, more first responders and law enforcement officers have died by suicide than were killed in the line of duty. And my thing is, is the reason we don't know that stuff is because we're not going to talk about the things we don't understand. Mm. And my thing is, is like, okay, well, let's start talking about it. Let's start trying to understand it. And, you know, instead of building a effing bridge to save a damn turtle over somewhere like yeah sorry but i don't think anything that doesn't have opposable thumbs is, is ever going to change the world <laughs> just my personal opinion like i think animals are great i think they're tasty <laughs> i think but at the end of the day fun to look at yeah pet not one of them ever changed the world exactly and i, I know i'm gonna get to spring on the whatever that's cruel it's all right screw I identify as a strong black woman. Anyway. Kill the owl. So, just even the playing field. Yeah. I just call I'm, PETA. I'm fat. Um, I identify as skinny. I'm trans fat. What if you had if you PETA. had the ear if you got to step on out on the hill and just what <laughs> what would you... <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what what well then what did you say if you had the ear of everybody there over the last decade? I've probably I've been to the hill. Uh, God knows. I don't know. 50 or 75 times. I've never been asked to leave nicely. <laughs> you know, because <clears throat> here's the thing. A lot of people confuse my, my passion with anger. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you get on the hill and you start spewing truth, like, they do not like that shit. Yeah. They do not like that. Because day one is how do I get reelected. Hmm. So my constituency and my base, it's like, screw you. You're trying to get reelected. You're right. Just call it what it is, man. We, we have a bunch of clowns running a circus. In Washington D.C., that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a got, fact, and every, everybody that refuses to admit that are part of the problem. Yeah, you know what? I don't give. Look, audit me, whatever. Like, come. I mean, 
just get in, get in line. Get in line. Because what are you going to Are you going to kill me? I mean, that's hard. <laughs> You're a resilient bastard. Well, here's my thing, man, is as long as I'm drawing breath and I'm vertical and ventilating, you can bet your ass I'm going to fight. Yeah. Even just because I love you to death doesn't mean I won't make you bleed either. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's, I'm just tired of the, the political crap. It's like, just shut your damn mouth. Like, you're just fake as hell. Show up and be real. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why they don't like is I show up and I'm me. And they're like, hey, no, this guy's not playing the political game. I'm yeah. like, no. We want diplomat chic. We don't want warrior chic to show up. <laughs> Sorry. I know. There, there's diplomat chic doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. There, and you know what? Here's the thing. I'm just chic. You know, warrior chic, whatever. I'll be the first to tell you right now. I mean, this is, you know why guys like me miss being in foreign places with a weapon in the middle of nowhere, trying to find people to kill that want to kill me? Straight up, it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's easier than doing this. Yeah. Being here. Yeah. It's just easier. The end of the day, that's the reason. It's easier. You come here, like, I remember when I f- first got out of the hospital and I got to go out to eat with my family. And it was extended family. It was a huge group. It's like, hey, where do we want to go eat? And like an hour and a half later, we came uh, to a decision. And I was like, I, from henceforth, I want everyone to know the next time that question's asked that there's a five-minute time limit. <laughs> And I'm, I will not eat with any of you. <laughs> it is such, we get so caught up in our first world problems yeah. that we can't see straight. Yeah. And the fact that we're the most industrialized, financially wealthy, most technologically advanced country in the world, yet we lead in depression, anxiety, hypervigilance, suicidal ideation, obesity, and we, we lead. What does that tell you? We're spoiled, rotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're spoiled rotten. It's like my son came home. My son does MMA, and he came home from a tournament, and I was out of town. I'm just another tournament. It's kind of, he's kind of used to it. He's like, Dad, only got second place, and I was like, Okay, first stop. Stop. How many kids were 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 in your weight class? And he's eighteen. I'm sorry, right, so fifteen didn't see the podium. You got second. Okay, let's be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Good news. There's room to grow because you weren't mm-hmm. first. Train harder. Yeah. Well, if Coach JD wouldn't hadn't told me to pass the guard when I was in, I was like, it. second lesson. Doesn't matter who the hell is in that seat. When you walk out on the mat, it's you and the other kid. That's it. Doesn't matter who's in the chair. Either you know your shit or you don't. Don't put it off on anyone else. Own it. Own it. And I said, when we're when I take you. To your warrior martial arts and your training. And I get on to you when we're driving back to the house. What do I get on to you about? When I look at the clock when we're grappling. So do you know why that clock makes an audible tone after three minutes are up? So you don't have to look at the clock. Mm-hmm. Train like you fight. Why are the Marines the best? And they'll say, because you train like you fight. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. So A, own your shit. B, this world doesn't give a shit about your feelings. It'll punch you in the mouth and smile. C, it's my job as your dad to give you the tools to punch and smile back. You will never have hearing loss from me being a freaking a, a helicopter parent. 
Didn't read a lot of Dr. Spock books, did you? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it works. He's I'll eight. Tell you, I know, exactly. My thing is, uh, I told him, like, when you need to feel pain, I'm going to let you feel pain. When you need to cry, I want you to cry. When you need to feel joy, I'll feel joy with you. Yeah. I'm not handing you shit. That's the stuff that the world's got to hear these days. We've mm-hmm. lost it. Yeah. We've lost it. Yeah. That's I why mean, Party Foul Steve is soft. Soft. So Super soft. soft. No, you're right, Jacob. You, uh, besides besides getting and wearing the ring, getting and wearing the T-shirt, showing the support, how can people support 22 Kill? Okay, you know, and this is a, I get this question a lot, too. Here's a straight-up answer, because there's a multitude of ways. I mean, there's, yeah. the, and but everyone, every individual in this country knows what they're capable of, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not going to give anyone a direct, you know, answer. I mean, obviously, hundreds and hundreds of ways to support. But at the end of the day, this is the answer that I've, I've come accustomed to giving because it's it makes you do a self-check my thing is is every person on this planet has three things of value some more than others but every single person harnesses three things of value time talent and treasure and if you're not willing to sacrifice some of one of those three things you don't want to help you're just talking Hmm. that's it if you're not willing to sacrifice some of your time talent or treasure you do not want to help you're talking. Go talk to another organization mm-hmm. because I, we're about doing. Talking's cheap. I still think it's crazy that that company. I say it publicly that companies pay pay what they pay to come hear me bump my freaking soup cooler on a stage. <laughs> it's like you guys a lot funds for this. Let me first tell you why your culture sucks. Like, <laughs> It's just crazy, man, but it's time, talent, and treasure. If you're not willing to give up some of those three things, you don't want to help. You don't want to help. You want to be on the boat, but you don't want to row. My thing is you know what you can do, and you know what you can't. Yeah. 22kill.com. Then I'm watching the movies. I'm in in a movie theater a couple of months ago. I knew this was coming. And I'm like, is that Jacob Schick? As it goes well, past, which movie were we watching? It was it was <laughs> a Star Is Born. There's so yeah. many. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That guy's, and it was like, boom, there it was, and then it was gone. Yeah. How'd you become friends with Bradley Cooper? Instead of American Sniper. American Sniper. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we met, and um, it was pretty unor- unorthodox the way we met. Really? I think that's why. I- we're as close as we are. Showering now. together? I mean, what happened? You, yeah. You pulling a $20 bill out of your butt? Wash each other's backs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's a cool story, though. Broke back mountain shit. Yeah. I know. Can't quit you. I know. But that's kind of, that's cool. I mean, Dude, that's that novel. was, that was, uh, all right, so how Stars Born happened was, uh, Bradley basically called me. He's like, hey, I need a favor. And I was like, well, what's up? He said, you know, I'm shooting Stars Born, and, um, you know, I don't have time to cast this role. And you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, well, what's the role? He's like, well, you're Gaga's boss. You just have to yell at her. You'd be perfect for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know, man. I said, um, he goes, look, you're not going to make a lot of money. And and um, it's going to, you know, it's going to be days on set, long and drawn out. But give me a reason to hang out with you for a couple of days. So I was like, um, and I asked, I said, does the Mel lead pass traditionally like the other stars were born? And he said, well, I'm not telling him. I said, all right, well, I'm not doing it. I was like, what? Are you really going to not do it? I said, no, brother. I'm not trying to be you, man. I yeah. Need, I need to do shit that matters. Yeah. You know, and he was like, okay, well, then, yeah. 
He does. I said, all right, send me the flight info. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> that easy. Yeah. And then I showed up and made an ass myself when I met Gaga the first time. Yeah. Yeah, because I went to I went to Warner to go uh, went to the Warner Brothers Studios to go do, to go to wardrobe, and then I went to the set where they were filming, and uh, Bradley just got done directing a scene, and he was like, "Hey, you know, come meet Stephanie." And I met her, and uh, <laughs> she she looked at me, and Bradley was like, "Hey, Stephanie, this, this is Jake. He's gonna be playing your boss tomorrow." And she was like, "Hey, Jake, nice meeting." And so I go, I go, "Yeah, don't forget it." <laughs> and she looked at me. No smirk, nothing. Like, she gave me this look like, who are you again? <laughs> and I looked at Bradley, and he was he had, like, the panic face on, like, don't stop, stop. <laughs> and I was like, hey, obviously that fell short. I just told her. I was like, ah, cheap joke, obviously uh, didn't land. But um, looking forward to working with you all day that yeah. next couple days. That's funny. Yeah, but I got to yell at her. I got back at her. Yeah, there you go. I yelled at her a lot. Owned it. Yeah, man. The um, matter of fact, the first the first take when she gets the uh, the rubber gloves mm-hmm. to take the trash out, and she came back around the little office I was in and threw the gloves at me after we cut already. And I was like, "You can't be mad. We're acting." She's like, "I'm not mad." I was like, "Oh, if you're gonna be mad, be mad at that guy right there. He's yeah. the one that told me to do that." Yeah, he's the director. And Bradley was like, <laughs> he loved it. That's awesome. Uh-huh. But they, I, I was really proud of that film, man. I, I was, thought they did a great job. I thought it was uh, one of the one of the best reviews I heard was uh, that it was beautifully tragic. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's. I uh, thought they did. I thought they, I thought Bradley did a great job making that movie. I, I felt like because because I was never a fan of the Chris Christopherson Barbara Streisand version because I was like, eh, I get it, the story's there, but it was more of a let's just showcase Barbara Streisand, yeah, kind of thing. It was it was quirky and corny in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, you know, and I really this was a raw movie. And that's what he was going for, yeah. real and raw, authentic. And um, I'm really proud of him, man, for doing it because it was he was told by all of his counterparts, like, hey, you know, you're put this will put your career in the grave. Don't do it. Mm. Really? And he went with his gut and did it anyway, and he crushed it. He nailed it. Mm. You know, it, hands down, in my opinion, obviously, biased on does not it is irrelevant. The best movie of the year, and he it's you know Hollywood's political. It's crazy, I know. I spent uh, I spend a lot of time out there on those sound stages and meeting with all those networks, and I was with Lionsgate for it's it's, it's, uh, it's tough, man. It's another world. It's another dog eat dog industry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, but you know, at the end of the day, it was he he wanted to do a movie that meant something, and he did it, and he nailed it. Yeah, he nailed it, and uh, so did Stephanie. I mean, they both. They both were were well outside of their comfort zone. Real, real proud to have been. They were, and wound up coming out with a with a with a hands down good soundtrack out of the whole thing. Which which again, it was about the it, there were the the music was there, but different from older versions. It wasn't about the music, right? And so there, right? It was an element, right? It, yeah. It made the pain and the tragedy bearable, mm-hmm. which is, goes to show you what music can do for people and do for yeah. the soul. But it's, it's a universal, powerful thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten me through a lot. Yeah. Still does. They and, nailed it at the Oscars too when they did that together. Because yeah. I know Bradley's not a big fan of having to sing publicly and, and do those kind of things. You know, it was. Um, I was in LA for for some meetings, and I was in his living room when he told me he was going to do that, and I was like, "I'm nervous here about that." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm not," and I believe him. He's not. Yeah, he's one of the screenings. That'd be it. He is. In, in one of the screenings we did um, in the Q and A, they asked, you know. What would you change about this movie if you could change it after they watched the film? And uh, his answer was beautiful, man. He said, nothing. It's yours now. 
I've done everything uh, I could do. Uh, we've done everything we can do in this movie. I've, we gave it everything we've had. It's yours now. It's us to give to you. It's your kid now. Good for him. I like that dude. Good dude. He's an amazing guy, man. And that's the thing is that, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, he's gotten me through some dark stuff, and yeah. um, and I am. And it's uh, it, it's a relationship that it's based on it has merit. I mean, yeah. there's real value there, you know, because it's it's real love. It's loving all the way. You know? it, that's the thing that I'm caught, kind of caught between from time to time is is people want to just sell Hollywood off and just say, screw Hollywood. They just forget them. And it is a crazy place. It's a weird bubble out there. Yeah. There's some good people in Hollywood. And it is a big platform. It's a useful platform. Is it ever going to come over to our way of thinking? And No, of course not. I mean, they live on another planet. But there's some good people out there in the middle of that. And I don't want to burn the whole barn down because you yeah. know, a couple of the animals are rabid. Yeah, you know more, what I mean. More than a couple, but yeah, it's <laughs> the majority of the animals. It's Animal Farm, damn it. Okay, fine. But that's the thing, man. Again, we come back to the yeah. They have their shit, and we have ours. Yeah, just let yeah. that be what it is. People are definitely products of their what what's they've been around them and the circumstances See, and, and the voices the in thing. their ear. That's the human flaw, man. That's the human condition. You mm-hmm. allow yourself to be a product of your environment. Like, who told you you had to do that? Exactly. Who told you you had to wake up and and fall victim to your circumstances? Yeah. You know, wake up and be a victor. There's way too many victims. I don't like it. Jacob Schick, you're my new best friend. I don't uh, care if you like it or not. I don't a care. A Star is Born isn't the only movie, which, by the way, my husband and I watched that for the first time last weekend. Six foot four. He cried. 260. Black Joseph Hawk cried. Pilot. Yeah, Look over, he's guy. crying. Well, I mean, he wasn't, but he, you know, he's like, hey, these movies make me cry. You know, well, either your eyeballs sweat or they don't. Right. It doesn't matter if you're wailing or not wailing. Well, you he's cry a sweater. Or you don't cry. You love or you don't yeah. love. He lo- and he did. He's, you know, he's sensitive that way, which I really appreciate. But that's not the only movie that you've done, right? You have another no, one out there. There's a couple more. Yeah, he's done a couple more. American Sniper. I hang cuff Clint Eastwood in the mule. Still yes. feels dirty. Still feels dirty. Nice. <laughs> Second take, I put the cuffs on upside down. It was not good. <laughs> I don't have any experience using handcuffs. Yeah, except have, wearing them. I have plenty of experience wearing them. <laughs> you can look it up. Yeah. But the but the the guy told me the real bailiff was like, hey, man, don't put them. If you don't see the keyhole when you put them on, they're on upside down, and they're a bitch to get off. And so when the door shut in the courtroom, that was cut. And, the, and as soon as I put them on, I didn't see the keyhole, and I was like, damn it. Well, it was Clint Eastwood. Door shuts, and I was like, Clint, we got a problem, man. What's up, Jake? Put out okay. Jake. It's like I put the cuffs on upside down. No, it's a, Jake, it's okay. He's such a sweet guy. It's okay. <laughs> take your time. And I was like, well, here's the deal. You're 88, and I don't kneel well. Yeah. So this is gonna this is gonna take a minute. I got one leg, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever, who, and he because and Clint remember me from uh, Sniper. Sniper. And the. Whoever this, the, was editing the sound of that movie, I guarantee you had a great five or six minute exchange <laughs> with me and Clint Eastwood. Listen, dude, I love it. I like. I don't have a lot of bucket list items, but I'm telling you, if I could pick one, I just want to do something, anything with Clint Eastwood. And I'm I'm like one degree of separation from the man. Like I'm connected. I'm right there. But I just want like just let me just let me just be somewhere in the back back there on a Clint mm-hmm. movie. 
We could it, pro- we he's could running out of he's running out of time. Yeah, we could probably make that happen. <laughs> he's running out. He'll probably live to be 108. I was about though. to say he'll, dude, he's going to outlive man. all of us. Dude, solid. Such I'm a, a such a God. He's a tough dude still. Yeah, you know, 88 know. standing up with, on the set of the mule. You know, it's 12, 14 hour days and yeah. never sat down. I mean, he's just a but he's a sweet guy, a super humble guy. He's a comedian, loves to mess with people. Yeah, and, and like I said, like I, I'm I'm friends with various guys that you know in the stunt community in the stunt world and they've you know they've done they've worked with clint or you know done a lot of different projects with clint or they've, they've doubled for clint and things like that and i'm like oh that'd be a dream come true it's just a dream i mean i'm just a fan awesome. no he's, he's a that was the coolest thing about snipers like i don't get starstruck yeah with, i just I never have it's yeah i'm the same thing. way but there's some people that are just like but man clint it icon. was like when we were making sniper it was you were making an a movie about a legend past and, mm-hmm. and that of Chris, obviously, but with a living legend. Yeah. Two people that I've met that I was like, holy shit. And it was Clint Eastwood and Willie Nelson. Yeah. I got starstruck the first time I met George Strait. And I was like, hey, you sound like a complete ass. I know. I like, I'm reasonably good with words until I shook George Strait's hand. And I'm like, it's crazy, too. Like, you fall apart at the worst moment. I know. It's never an ideal situation. It's never an ideal situation. You show up and you meet someone, and it's like, I have no idea what the hell just came out of my mouth. I don't know what language that was. I but I'm, I'm just going to apologize now. But see, I'm. Yeah. I got what I have on my side though is I can go. Hey, I'm. So, I got blown up after Mac Brain. <laughs> yeah. I forget shit all the time. <laughs> and my the, ears are still the ringing. Employees know too. They'll be like, hey, Jake, you got a. Hey, hi. I forgot. It's funny. It's, I, I, we know TBI. We know. Yeah. I'm like, yep. Till I die. Until <laughs> I die, I'll use that. I'm going with it. Yep. I'm going with it. No, that's funny. The first time I ever met Glenn Beck, and, and Glenn's a pretty big guy. You know, he's got big hands. He I is, got little, man. He's, he's a big dude. People don't realize. Yeah, Glenn's a big dude. He's a bigger dude. And uh, I went to shake his hand, and my hand kind of, like, if I don't go deep, I got small hands. So if I don't go deep, it becomes a real fishy, girly hand. <laughs> she's like a, a little, yeah. It's like, yeah. A, it's like a little, little. Um, you know, I'm just kind of in the palm. You know, have a bunch of bananas right there. <laughs> like and like so, a, yeah. a cabbage patch shaking the T-Rex hand. Exactly. Yeah. So here's what Glenn says to me. I, I go in, and I go shallow right i don't get in there he grabs me too quick and he's like yeah that, that, that was a terrible handshake let's do that again <laughs> i had to reshake his hand i had to reshake beck's hand yeah i know yeah he's a good dude he's man. A good dude. I, i've really yeah, I've, yeah. I've done people don't realize i mean glenn glenn's one of those geniuses that that lives on a different he is. plane he is and and people you know they got mad at him because he wasn't supporting trump back in the day but you know what glenn glenn humbled himself he came out and he said look I was wrong. I messed up. And and this was, you know, Glenn was going through some PTS stuff that was going on in his head. They they basically diagnosed him with the same kind of deal where they said, you have the same brain traumas that's going on with a lot of folks that are dealing with these, this type of syndrome. And he went and got the same treatment that a lot of veterans go. Yeah, through. and that's what it's important that you brought that up. That's what people need to realize is that more people have post-traumatic stress than don't. Sure. Like you, you have to, it doesn't take getting shot at or being blown up that post-traumatic stress. Yeah. That's the thing is that the human brain is the human brain. Yeah. We talk, and this is different, this is different, but same. And it's an interesting thing because I had Mike Ritland, uh, Navy SEAL, and of course he was, he trained SEAL dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's still a dog trainer. 
And he has this kennel where they basically these retired military dogs come back that have seen action overseas. And he puts them out and rather than put the dog down, which is, you know, he lets them kind of retire into their little and learn how to be dogs again. As they should. And so it becomes almost like the dog comes home with with traumatic stress. Yeah. Because they've been sniffing bombs and they've been around this stuff and they've always been a machine, you know, that two dimensional mind that a dog has. And they come home. And and so the brain's a weird thing. I don't don't care if you're. And again, we're talking about the human brain, which is a significantly crazy. But you're right, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's it's the. We we come back to the fear of the unknown, not yeah. n- not knowing, you know? yeah. and that's the th- we're fifty years behind heart health when it comes to brain health. And what you said earlier is so significant because you said um, you you train the way you fight. Yeah, you become mechanical in it in a lot of ways. You're trained to react and to respond in a way that this is natural. This happens. That's why you train. You don't just go in there and hope you have the instincts. No, for it's it. muscle memory. Yeah. So now your now your brain has been programmed a certain way to go into warrior mode in that regard to, to, to decompress out. out of that. Trust me, bro. I have yeah. to drive in this traffic a lot. Yeah, I, I know. There's a lot, I do a lot of a lot of breathing, heavy yeah. breathing, a lot of namaste shit. <laughs> you have to. In this traffic. Man, I love my namaste shit for real, though. God, like, I get dude. my home on every day, you know? Home. Dude, if I didn't, I would, you would be hearing about me on the news for bad reasons. Yeah. Because it's, ah, uh, I just don't, the fuck, human condition, <laughs> It's real. Just like if you, if you know you're coming up to an exit and it's a mile away, don't stay in the effing fast lane until you're <laughs> 10 feet from the exit. That's why there's traffic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. And I will throw my will... leg at your car. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost happened. It's almost happened. Can you imagine somebody driving down the highway right here, but then and all feel... of a sudden a foot hits your windshield? <laughs> <laughs> but I would feel guilty <laughs> as hell because <laughs> your taxpayers pay for it. Yeah. I pay taxes too, just for everybody knows. So, Golly. It's crazy, uh, man. And it's funny too. Yeah. No, I could. No. I bet. We've derailed. I bet. All right, let's do some breathing exercises. We're going to get the hell out of here. 22kill.com. That is 22kill.com. Don't ever, ever change that name, and I know you won't. I love it. I love the name of it. I love the mission. I love everything about it, and I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks appreciate for everything. you, brother. Yeah, Thank man. you. Go check them out. Support them. Hang out. Follow Jacob Schick. Hey, go watch The Star is Born Again, because now you're like, oh, it was that guy. That's the guy it was. Yeah, and don't look. Oh, we- come on. Don't play humble now. All I want to say is we were acting. I don't need to hear from any of Gaga's you following mean to Stephanie. about me yelling at Lady Gaga. <laughs> I love it, dude. But you did a hell of a job. It, it was great. You were believable. You did a hell of a job. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I saw it and I was yeah. like, that looks like Jacob Schick. But I mean, we, you and I had never known each other personally. I'd yeah. seen pictures. I've played pictures of you. And I was like, is that? But then I realized, I was like, I bet it was because you were in American Sniper. The funniest part about that... <laughs> Because I had like a four-hour negotiation on my hair and beard length. Really? Yeah, because I was in the middle of a bet with Birdman, Ryan Parrott, a yeah. still buddy of mine. And uh, I called him from the makeup trailer. <laughs> I was like, Ryan, I need a truce. It's like, what? It's like, I, I ha- they're saying I have to trim my hair for this role. <laughs> and he's like, nope, you lose, Hollywood. You lose. Yeah. It's like, bro, no, don't. <laughs> Sold no. out. So you we had – Anyway, they tried to the makeup lady did a good job, but funny. We we ended up he he let me skate, but then 
like two months later, we called the truce anyway because we were both tired of looking like hippies. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Jacob Chick, 22 Kill. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for the time. And uh, it's a pleasure, bro. Really is fun talk. And uh, I, I encourage people, seriously, share this episode because there are a lot of pearls of wisdom tossed around out there. And there is help. I know people feel like they're helpless. You're not, and you're not hopeless. And you are worth something. I don't care what you've been through. You are worth something. And, and get the help that you need. And don't compare your problems to everybody else, thinking that your problem's not as significant. Look, your problem's your problem. You're you. And how you react to it and how you handle it is, is different from somebody else. Some people can go through a, a hell of a lot of stuff, and, and it doesn't phase them. And you go through – it's just you. Be you. And I think that's the takeaway on this thing. So get the help you need. Do the talking you need to do and, and talk to the right people. So, you know, uh, here at the Chad Prather Show, we love you. That's all we care about. And uh, God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.